There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that culture? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. I'm in my scab era. No. <laughs> Don't say that. They're going to come for us. Oh, I know. I'm upset, actually, about people. Okay. We're getting off on this foot? We're going to talk about Drew. What are we doing? Okay. So, wow. Immediately thrust into the I'm topics s- at hand. And yeah. Don't apologize. You're about to apologize? I was about to apologize. You know me so well. Bowen is saying he's a scab right now because he's wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. <laughs> and I have to say, Bowen in Mickey Mouse apparel is actually one of the cutest things oh, ever. Stop. Oh, stop. You, you, you should get in with the House of Mouse. I really think. After all, they this don't want me. Down. They don't want me. They don't want you. The closest I got was Fox Searchlight. <laughs> wow, and then not even Fox Searchlight, just Searchlight, just Searchlight. We can't talk about this. <laughs> but this, see, see, here is the thing. Can we talk about the difference between supporting a project that has a waiver, yes, and scabbing? Because oh, it yes, feels yes, like yes. the girls are still very confused, right? And there's much to say. I'm out here not, I was going to say shamelessly plugging Dick's the Musical, but what's like the level beyond shameless? Like there is no shame and yet there is no shame to be had. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I would say you are within the bounds promoting the project because the project got a waiver from SAG. We got the interim agreement last Wednesday. I had to pack my bags and rush to the airport Mm -hmm. and it was a thrill. And it was so lovely to be in Toronto. We were very, we are so grateful, so lucky that we got it grateful to the union, grateful to 824. And this is what I said on stories. It's like, if you, on an ethical perspective, if you like universalize the maxim, it's like, if everyone were to do this, if everyone were to promote their interim project agreement, then what would happen is the strike would be over because then everybody is on board with SAG and WGA's terms. Like that's, Mm -hmm. this is how it works. Like the unions win. It is a very thought out strategy Mm-hmm. why these things exist. There's a reason why there's no consumer boycott and there's a reason why there are interim agreements. It's because you're able to publicize 
the way that this can work out and the way that the studios are being so, so, so terrible and austere with how they are like negotiating or not even negotiating with the unions. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm so happy that the film was so well-received. Dick the Musical did so well at TIFF and it's so exciting. I mean, you can now listen to... All love. What did they call it? All love is love. It's called All Love is Love. <laughs> it's so funny. You can listen to All Love is Love, which originally was titled God is a Faggot. Right. Um, but I guess, you know, to sort of make sure that we don't scare kids off, we want kids, of course, to see the film. We of want course. young, impressionable minds to be, I guess, as simply put, groomed by the film. And so, in order to groom these You're kids... You're about to be a soundbite on Fox News, by the way, <laughs> but keep going. But in order to correctly really groom these kids the way we want to groom them, we have to make sure we hide the title of the song. Yes, and by yes. we, I mean... the. Josh and Aaron and everyone involved in the movie. I am not. I just feel spiritually involved in Dick's the Musical. You are. But God is a faggot. You can listen to it now on Spotify and bring your kids into the room. It's important they hear this so they can become demon faggots as well. (laughs) God faggots. It's really important we conflate this with Christianity too. And that's how we move our agenda forward. Because we are, of course, um, demon succubus faggots who want to mold the minds of children first and foremost so we can create an army which then can push our agenda forward and Mm -hmm. hopefully exterminate everyone who doesn't agree with us. That is, of course, the mission. Yeah. The mission is for this army of demon faggots to deface one statue, one Confederate statue. That's it. Right. We're keeping our goals very manageable and and achievable. It's just one statue. Yeah. And we won't say which. We won't say which which. because we need the element of surprise. That's how a war works. That's how civil war is going to work in this case. You know what I mean? We're not going to tell you what we're going to attack, but just that we're going to attack. You know what I mean? You are full on Joker mode right now. I can feel it. I'm radicalized. I am a demon faggot from hell and I am on the (sighs) ground and I feel this movie has empowered me. And I have to say this film, Dick the Musical, has radicalized me to be the groomer I am. Um, (laughs) And I'll be grooming. You're you're about to see me grooming. That's great. If it's not clear, these are a little bit of jokes, a little bit of jokes on the pod. A little bit of jokes. What else do we do we want to say before? Oh, what I want to say is that people with especially with platforms and this is me being entirely serious, need to understand and do their research about who they are calling scabs, which is a really damning label to put someone on in a time like this, is to call someone who is granted a waiver by the union a scab or to say, look, if it's a strike, it's a strike. That is not true. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really, really disheartening to see people attack each other based on misinformation or, you know, worse than just based on misinformation, based on just wanting to get attention. Right. And I genuinely think that that is the case for a couple people. I do not want to get messy, but it's just interesting who some people choose to name and who some people choose to leave out of their criticisms. And that's all I'll say about that. But I will say that when you are out here saying scab, scab, scab towards people who are working on a project that has a SAG waiver, you have a, at this point, willful, I think, misunderstanding of what is going on here and how the strike is working. And do us all a favor, and secondarily yourself, but do us all a favor by not spreading that misinformation and not being harmful right now. Yes. 
I understand on a cognitive level what a waiver does. It right. like creates this exceptional circumstance where you go, well, hey, if they're able to do it, then why can't you know the rest of us or whatever? It's not even that. It's like they think that that is anti-labor. And it's literally... Literally not. It's literally not because it's <laughs> this is a kind of like action that I think people seem to overlook the fact that there is a centralized place where all of these decisions are made. The reason we're in the strike is because there is a central negotiating committee. There's a national board within these unions that like got us into these strikes for very good reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's those same entities that are thinking really far ahead and communicating with us effectively, I think. I think every time the WGA emails come in, I'm like, okay, here we go. What's this going to be? In a way that that I'm like, this is going to be like dense with information and we have to interpret this and whatever. But um, with the interim agreements, there's a reason why SAG hasn't even like backed down from that either. Like there has been pressure, like a non-negligible pressure from people within the union who are like, hey, maybe we do this less. And SAG is like, LOL, no, it's actually helping the cause. And actually, the other side is invested in you wanting to mislabel people as scabs or create tension within this labor action that like weakens us and weakens our side. The thing is, AMPTP is this disparate group of companies like one sells you phones, one sends you stuff in cardboard boxes, mm-hmm. one is a streamer. Like these are all companies with different goals and different interests. And yeah. they are the ones that are like really, really, really not on the same page. And that is to our advantage. And the fact that there are these conversations within the, like, you know, the people who make these front facing videos and like make a whole thing about this, I feel like that is playing directly into that situation for us where we look like we're kind of crumbling. Disorganized, Disorganized. infighting, we're a mess. Also, it's like if a film or a project has an interim agreement, that probably does mean that they made that interim agreement with a studio or company that is probably not the problem. And that's another thing I think is it's like you now start to hear that like a lot of the studios are like fed up with this. And the reason why we're not, they're not at the table right now is because they're infighting because they really want That's what to, I'm saying. to end this. And so yeah. what I feel like is if there is a problem, we need to start saying who that problem is and start 100%. targeting those people. Like, I'll just say it. If the problem is Netflix, we need to start saying the problem is Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if that is true, let's start saying it's true. And I also think there's a really interesting thing that might happen where some studios just break with the AMPTP and say like, fuck it, whatever. But I think we're getting to the point now where it's going to become pretty obvious who the problem is and where the problem is. And I just wonder, at what point do we start actually saying that? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, obviously the whole system is the issue and the whole system needs to change. But it feels like it can outside of a few holdouts. And I'll just say, if the issue is Netflix... Netflix, yeah. Let's just say it's Netflix. Yeah. That's actually a rule of culture. Yeah. Rule of culture number seven. The issue Issue is is Netflix. Netflix. So let's Let's just say say it's Netflix. Netflix. At this point, it's just like, how much more tired can we all fucking get? I've forgotten how to act. I don't know if you have. 
I don't know the first thing about acting or writing, really. Literally, I'm not confident that when I get back on screens, oh, I'll be worth it. my salt. I'm telling you, Bowen, <laughs> I don't think I've acted. Seriously, I don't think I've acted in over a year. It's within you, Matt. <laughs> it's within you. It's all about connecting with your inner self. Thank you. And you you do that every day. You are my You really coach. do. You really are no, my no, no. coach. Because I look I'm at not. you and I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired by your gift. Stupid bitch. I will look at you sometimes. I'll be like, I'll have to stop myself from reaching out and touching your shoulder and telling you these words. I'm inspired by your gift. Because there has to be a separation between best friends and number one fan. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't if I told you girl. what a fan I was, you would get a stalker agreement on me. You'd get a, you'd get a TRO, no, temporary restraining order. What is mutual stalking if not best friendship? That's from one division. That's from one division. <laughs> That's actually really culture number nine. What, what is, is mutual, mutual stalking, stalking if not, if not best, best friendship? friendship? That's, That's from one division. I am your number one fan. I will, out of nowhere, readers, Katie's publicist finalists, be like, oh my God, Matt, remember that one time you did this? Like, I'm a fucking kid. Stan. I stan this girl. We stan each other. You know how much I stand you. You know. I You're cry. that girl to me. Are you going to cry right now? I could. I Bitch, could cry. Don't be crying. Oh don't my God. Don't be crying because I can't get tactile with you right now on this virtual. It feels like it's fucking April 2020. I can't even reach out to you and console you. Feels like April 2020 all over again. Not March. March was an amazing month, top to bottom. 2020, I was out there. Oh, March 2020 was the life. Uh <laughs> Oh, I loved it. It was so incredible to look around, see nothing. See nothing. <laughs> Me playing Animal Crossing going, well, it's only going to be two weeks. Guess I'm in my zhuzh. Uh, yeah. Oh, me fucking. When I think of March 2020, I think of two things. A global pandemic and parvity. <gasps> that was when I fully got into Survivor. The turning point of my life. The turning point. I was going to say... That I am not all the way done with the morning show season two yet. You have one day. I know. Well, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, the season will be on Apple TV. Plus. No, 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 not the season. The first two episodes. So remember, this is not a show that releases all at once. That's right. We we actually can't talk about this. No, we can talk about watching the show. We just can't be like promoting Don't watch the, show. the show. Like yeah. we can sit. Oh, I'm gonna wring my own neck. I swear to God. We can't be like, this show comes out this time on this day, but we can be like, we're watching this show. Like, for example, yes. like, I will say many things on this episode, one of which will be how much I enjoyed seeing Bottoms. I am not going to promote the movie, but I am going mm -hmm. to talk about how much I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is within our rights as a podcaster during Strike Era. <laughs> we checked. We checked. But you got to finish that second season before it comes back. Do they all just get COVID and die? Is what I assume? They don't all get COVID and die. In fact, none of them get COVID and die. They do get COVID and almost die. Or at least Jennifer Aniston gasps repeatedly, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. <laughs> you have to get to it. I'm telling you, it's what happens to Jen... By the way, I, for some reason, was looking back in our like shared yes. DMs or whatever and there was a moment where you posted a story, which was me telling you Jennifer Aniston gets COVID and becomes Joe Rogan in the finale of the morning show. And you just said, OMG, and posted it to your story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I posted the text because you don't know the Duchenne laughter that I laughed. 
when I saw that text, and I was like, I got to post this to stories. Now, what is Dushan? Because Dushan feels like what we do before we about to meet up with that man. Dushan. Oh, I- I'm, I'm Dushan. I'm Dushan, and I'm bending over, and I get right like Jonathan Groffin looking. Girl, I went to Dushum. I had to Dushan because I, <laughs> because I was going to be like Jonathan Groffin looking later that night after Dushum, which was not the place to go eat beforehand. Dushan after Dushum is the title of that. <laughs> When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found Framebridge. I found Framebridge too. Framebridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a Framebridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. Framebridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. By the way, we're excited for London. We're excited for Berlin. We're excited for we Amsterdam. We are excited and coming. And wait, we do have one thing to for sure announce, which is yes. that our guest for our Amsterdam show is the one, the only, Michelle K. 
Collins, okay? Someone spilled sauce. Someone just spilled the tea that Michelle will be joining us in Amsterdam live. Can you even? I can't. And I even, I listened back to the someone spilled sauce story. (laughs) It's It's brilliant. Michelle Collins is a treasure, a global treasure at this point. I mean, literally, one of the reasons why we're even doing the show there is because she's there. 1,000%. Um, we're on the way to booking someone in Berlin that I hope works out. I mean, I, we're, huge, we're huge fans of this person. Legendary. Legendary. We might have talked about this person on the podcast a couple months ago. Who knows? It's Busted Queen. She's flying out. I would fly out Busted. By the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Daniel and everyone at, you know, working the Ice Palace. Please use me for any and all poll quotes. And Matt, I mean, both of us. Absolutely. We, we will say anything you want to say. The underwear party, the best experience anyone can have in humanity. Use I am that. to be used for poll quotes. I'm still on the door at Titanic. That is the chicest. <laughs> Millions of people around the world are seeing that quote. It's just, it's just so funny, Rowan, because it's just the word Unbelievable. And then it says Matt Rogers Lost Culture Podcast. Unbelievable. Well, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> did you say it or did you not? You said it, girl. I said it. And I'm proud to have said it. I mean. I mean, what is your pull quote mm. for Guts by Olivia Rodrigo? <sighs> My pull quote for Guts is the following. It's four words. I know that's right. That's good. Let's talk about the big pop girly album of the moment, Guts. So Olivia Rodrigo's long-awaited sophomore album, and you know the sophomore album is maybe the most important album in the pop girly life cycle, to be honest with you. Wouldn't you agree? Melodrama. Mm -hmm. Fearless. Mm -hmm. Either Fame Monster or Born This Way, depending on, you know. Depending on how you identify. I mean, depending on how you identify in terms of Katy Perry, Teenage Dream. Oh, my God. I mean... We don't talk about that enough, how Katy fully, like, did away with sophomore slumpness and was like, this is one of the the great pop albums. Breakaway. Breakaway. I mean, it's when you come in galvanized. B-Day. Yep. So, basically, like, it's when you solidify whether you're a thing or not. And, like, am I going to... And it also sort of says, I'm a pop star who reinvents... Oh, by the way, Stripped. Stripped? My everything? Mm-hmm. So this is like where you say, I'm sort of engaging in being, in, engaging in my own brand in this way, or I'm a reinventress. Mm-hmm. And it's basically where you're saying, if you're worth your salt, because with a debut album, you can spend pretty much an entire lifetime creating it. You know what I mean? Like, and we don't know about it. Whereas right. the sophomore album usually comes like two years later and there's an expectation on it that was not there for a debut album. And also you probably had to do it in a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I think that what Olivia Rodrigo has delivered here is the promise of the premise with her, which is <laughs> that she is this girl. She's this Gen Z callback. I mean, this album could literally be like, the Clueless soundtrack. It could be the 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack. Oh it my, could be, it's very that. And she stays referential while also being reverential and also her own thing. I don't think the album is perfect, but I will say I think it's like a 9 out of 10. I think if she ever dips into mimicry a little too far, I'm over the song. But 
what we have here is an excellent sophomore album. Some of the stuff that she's getting into here is just like really beyond her years lyrically. She's an incredible singer and musician. I think it was the right choice to dig in with this co-writer, Daniel Negro. I think that you really can tell it's a focused vision Mm -hmm. and I'd love to get into the tracks, but what's your take on the album as a whole? I think she has broken a, a mold that I think no one really had a problem with, but now I'm realizing it's it's kind of exhausting what these girls have to go through where she mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to do my second album. I'm going to like double down on like this one genre funnel mm-hmm. that I had on the first. And I'm going to say fuck it to like the concept of eras. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to stick to the same. I'm going to stick to purple still. I'm going to like, it's going to be four letters. Like it's, it's hard to say if this is a continuation of sour or if it's its own thing. And I feel like it's very much, she doesn't care about that. She's not playing the game the way that like the girls have been like forced to play it in Mm -hmm. a way. You know know what I mean? 100%. Um, And the vocals are just, just very agile vocally. And it does dip into mimicry. I think with one specific song that you and I were talking about, a couple days ago. Lacey. Yeah, with Lacey, where you... I didn't really make the connection, but it is giving Lord. I thought it was Lord. I thought... Mm-hmm. I, I actually thought I accidentally was on Skip. Or like, you know when Spotify will be like, this is music you'll like if you're listening to this? For some mm-hmm. reason, I was like, oh, when did this switch over to Lord? And then I saw it was her. And I was a little surprised to feel like it was so Lord, just because mm-hmm. she, whether or not she deserved to get in trouble for it on the last album, she did get in trouble for Mm-hmm. the sound alikeness. But so I was surprised they weren't a little bit more careful about that, especially on that song. But really it's only that song. Like the rest of it, like I forgive the young girl, pop girly generation for the way that they sing. You know what I mean? Because like, it's just, it's a style. It's like when Mariah and Whitney came out and everyone was singing like that. Yeah, yeah You know yeah. what I mean? Like we've seen this before. I'm not going to drag or knock the girls for no. Doing that thing where they put a lisp on an S because they makes it seem like they're sound sure. more indie and smart. But Olivia, it's it's very actually smart challenge. She's like putting mm. on glasses in her vocals. But mm. Olivia is one of the girls out here though who she can give you quiet Billie Eilish that bedroom mm-hmm. thing. But then I think she's one of the girls out there who's like bringing us back to screaming, you know, like fucking yeah. like hitting you with a, with a loud, big vocal. And I kind of like that we could possibly go back to that direction at some point. Yes, I love the way she uses her voice. And this is the difference. So she's two things. She's a great singer and she's a great recording artist. Like the way that she uses her voice in Bad Idea, right? So fun. You wouldn't really even know this is like probably one of the better singers of her generation. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm giving you this and, you know, she's singing down on Vampire and so much of this is so well sung and well articulated and her voice carries emotion so well but I love the way she's produced I love the way she's her voice is layered I I really like how confident she is in just being so soft on the mic as well as being really loud mm-hmm. she this album I think uses her instrument in a way that is even more full and I would say that guts feels bigger than sour uh, which, of course, had some really big moments, but this feels like 
the big moments are bigger and the small moments, what I really like about this album what I, and what I looked for from the first album was it's got much more perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas I felt that first album was about Heartbreak. a relationship or a situation and about yeah. a an emotion. Yeah. This, I feel, is much more holistic in terms of who she is. And I think I would consider this a a real follow-up too sour. I almost feel like that's why it's called guts. Mm-hmm. And like the way that they're stylized similarly, I feel like this is like part two right. of an artist's, you know, mission statement thus far, which is like, I'm a girl in this world growing up. I'm becoming a woman. I've been through hard stuff and I know I'll go through hard stuff. And I'm unabashedly emotional. And there's something really cool about that in terms of the genre that she's chosen to express that because it does feel like it's perfectly enmeshed with like what's stylistically and aesthetically trending right now. It just feels like she is the voice of this generation. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like in a different shade of the way Billy is, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. I think that the bookends of this album, first and last track, are the thesis, you know, it's mm. like mm-hmm. all American bitch. We can, we can do a track by track. All American bitch, I think is the perfect sort of, and that's the very 10 things I hate about you soundtrack. It's like, yeah. the, it's like sunshine on my window. And then like, like goes into like a full fucking rocker yeah. thing, rock thing. What am I saying? But you know that shot of like 10 things I hate about you where it's like that crane shot from like the yep. outside the house. And then it like goes in on Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. I think that is First of all, love that she is like every 20-year-old girl out there reading Joan Didion going, all-American bitch, wow, mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. use that. <laughs> like, I just think that is such a perfect song. The ending of that song, so good. Like, I'm grateful yeah. all the time. It's a great so, opener. It's, it launches yeah. you in. She released a live performance of it, which is great. I mean, she's like, I love how committed she is to all of it. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what I really appreciate her is it really feels like it's about the music. Yes. I don't feel like I'm being forced to personality. You know what I mean? And that's not a knock on her personality. I think she seems cool and I think she seems really smart and talented. But I love that, you know, even in the press that she's done, she's obviously really smart because she's completely been able to navigate all these traps that are being set for her, which are for her to talk badly about Taylor Mm -hmm. um, and for her to you know, comment on certain situations that could then be sensationalized. And it is a credit to her and, you know, the people around her that she is not becoming that narrative because yeah. she has so clearly written a song about that yes, and yet yes. will not fall victim to the media sensationalizing that can happen. And of course, I'm talking about right. The Grudge, which, you know, it's written so specifically that we know what this is talking about, mm-hmm. but also I listened to it again with the mentality of, but is this universal? Could an argument be made that this is not about that relationship? And the answer is yes. I think that we're all listening to it with a certain lens. Like, is she responding to the fact that Taylor, you know, as a result of, you know, alleged mimicry on Deja Vu and One Step Forward, Three Steps Back on the last album got songwriting credit for her and Antonoff on those tracks. Like, is it that disappointment that's being funneled into that song? I think yes, but the song is very beautifully about being let down 
And I thought about the people who have let me down in my life and every word of that song spoke to that and the specific, Mm. you know, feeling of not being able to understand someone's motivations and not being able to understand when someone has acted with cruelty towards you. There's something really universal about that song that that I think she needs to be given more credit for. Totally. And I think the only layer of specificity that she like puts on top of that is that it's clearly about a mentor figure and then people right. make the leap to Taylor. And she mm-hmm. knows, she's very aware of that, I think. But um, yeah. you're right. It is very, yeah, if you do a close read on the lyrics, you're like, well, this is just about personal disappointment and it could be romantic. It could be this, it could be that. But I think, I can't specifically quote a lyric, but I feel like she says something to the effect of like, I looked up to you or something. Yeah. You have everything. That kind of is the biggest giveaway, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. when you're disappointed like that, when you don't understand someone's intentions or motivations for something, that's a cognitive thing you go to. It's like, you have everything. Why do you want something from me? Yeah. I felt this way. And that was part of the re-listen I did to it. I was like, you know, the people in my life that I looked up to and then showed me who they really were. Like, does this work? It does. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that a lot of girls that age and a lot of people in general are going to really identify, especially people who are, you know, learning to deal with new success, learning to deal with new situations, learning to deal with new influences, learning to deal with what it means when someone finally sees you and then you can really see them. Yeah. I mean, if I'm in high school right now and this album, oh, yeah. like it's, it's over. For sure. Like this is my entire personality. Oh yeah. She's fostering a connection with her fans that is going to be forever. Like I yeah. think this album solidifies her for sure. Totally. Love Bad Idea. Well, no, so what she does on Love Bad all, Idea. All American Bitch and Bad Idea, right? Is like um even though those are like talky songs or something, it's like on Bad Idea, right? It's like on the last seeing you tonight, like yeah. really sends it in, in the right way. And then um at the end of All American Bitch, I know my place. I know my place. Like yeah. she's so like vocally oh like she's an powerful. actress. She's an actress. She's an actress. Bad idea, right? Is is pure like performance. It's pure like I'm gonna give you like the line read, quote unquote, on like, but I really can't remember when. But I really can't remember when. So good. It's really good. And you know, I, I just feel like they were in the booth and getting these takes and being like, yes, yes, yes. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. she's just she scores again and again. And I will say, you know, where she really shines for me. And I'm super susceptible to this shit because, you know, the Pisces rising Pisces cancer moon was going to jump out emotional girl, the house down. But when she goes to ballad town, I am, I'm really with her. And it's not just that, but like the song logical, the song making the bed, that area of the album, I just really, really, really was impressed by her specificity and her perspective and how much she's willing to share because that's another area that I was wondering if we'd get into is it's like this idea of when you're at that age and really at any age where you've 
been through like a threshold, like where you've had like a watershed moment, there's a bunch of new people surrounding you. And she talks in Making the Bed about how like she looks around and doesn't recognize the situation she's in, doesn't like it, feels like she's like, is, you know, numbing herself yeah. out with like drugs and alcohol. And by the way, she is 20. You know what I mean? So it's like, not to say that there's anything negative or nefarious no, about no. that, but like she has had the world placed at her feet. She probably saw Dix the musical and she was a demon. Became a demon. This this girl is really susceptible to grooming. To grooming. And <laughs> please, dear God, know that we're kidding. But I'm just saying, it's like, she says in the in the last song, Teenage Dream, like, when am I going to stop being wise beyond my years and just be wise? Like, I guess the thing is, like, it is really impressive that she's able to articulate these things so young. So, like, she is, quote unquote, wise beyond her years. And I think that, like, she's got a point there where it's just like, you know, just accept me for who I am. But the fact is, like, it is impressive that she's able to get this across so cogently and so, so musically appealing at the yeah. same time. But you know what she's going to write? She's going to write from the other side of that thought when she's, like, in her 30s and she's going to be like, oh, like, I, this is the moment in song of when you realize that you're, like, quote unquote, like, older. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that, that's a moment. That is, like, the tea right now for us. I mean, yes. Well, it's happening with Taylor Swift. She literally right. did it. That's what anti-hero is. You know what I mean? It's like that's what nothing new is or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of that. Like the sometimes I feel like I'm everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill is only a line you that, and write a Taylor Swift song. When you feel like they're gonna toss you out of the way. And there has to be something to that. I mean, we've seen it be a narrative in Taylor's stuff now for the last few years. Like, she even gets into it in the Miss Americana documentary about, like... Yeah, oh, yeah. What's going to happen when they're done with you? I believe the way she phrased it was, how much longer I'll be tolerated. Which is a lot to think about. Yeah. You know, I had a dream about Taylor. I had a dream that, like, we were, like, backstage somewhere, and then she was like, yeah, well, I don't really know what my life is going to be after this tour. Like, she was like... (laughs) Wait, this is so uninteresting. Oh my God, she was opening up to she you? Was, she, but in, a, in the dream? In a fun way, she was like, yeah, like, after this, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Which is like, not at all. Well, you know what that is. What? That's your subconscious asking that question about yourself. Totally. What am I going to do after Era's tour is done? Exactly. <laughs> what is your next era? Dreams are about replacement, sublimation, something standing in for another thing. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely, Queena. Queena. I would say another one of my favorite songs is Love is Embarrassing. I fucking I love, love Love is Embarrassing. Her performance on Love is Embarrassing. That like bizarre like choice. Uh, no, no, that, it's very yeah. Fergie. It's very it's Fergie. So weird. <laughs> I love it. I my, my thing is I don't think she can be weird enough. Yeah. I want to hear all that weird shit because that is what makes an icon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, she's like I said, referential yet reverential. And I would say anything she can do to dig into something no one else would do is where she's going to shine. Because it's far and few between those moments on this album where I'm like, eh, this sounds like Lord, but they are there. And I feel like she so has her own identity and her own musical totally. identity and her own thing. So she should just keep going. We don't know if that's like a label thing though, right? If they're like, we want a song that sounds like blank. You know, what I'll say is I would actually I would imagine the label is pretty hands off 
musically, right. but probably in her shit aesthetically. And totally, right, l- right, I right. would imagine they care a lot more about the way things are marketed than the way things sound because they're not experts in that. Sure. But then it, it's funny because to think about Taylor, I feel like with 1989, it's like, well, you have a song that sounds like Haim and I wish you would. And you have a song that sounds like Lana in mm-hmm. Wild Streams. And then lo and behold, like they're in the squad. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. like the Taylor move. But I feel like with Olivia, it's like, I'm going to write a song that sounds like, I'm going to sound like Billy here and I'm going to sound like Lord there. And the fact that they're not like buddy, buddy makes it more susceptible to like, Mm -hmm. you're cribbing a little. Am I making any sense? Yes. But I would say like on first listen to the album, I was so thrown by Lacey. I was like, wait, that really sounds like Lord. Uh uh So then I thought it was a bigger issue with the album than it ended up being because I listened to it again and I'm like, she really doesn't need to do that sound like that many other people too much like not more than these million other pop girls coming up like i don't know like because again i have the thing happen where it's like i'll like a certain song right and then it'll give me 10 different artists all the girls sound the same they all sound the same and the fact is that is so much less a problem with olivia rodrigo than everyone else but because she is so much more public and because she is that girl she's gonna get picked on it but the truth is had she not been in interviews saying, yes, Deja Vu was really inspired by Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer, like, had she not been, like, so obvious in the one steps forward, three steps back, I mean, that's literally the same chord and manner of playing as the other song. Like, she wouldn't be, you know? That wasn't quite the same battle as Deja Vu was. Because with one step forward, with that song, it was like, oh, no, this is a sample from New Year's Day. Yeah, right. And like that was like not as contentious, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like she in her like debut era, rookie move, whatever you want to call it, was like, yes, I am inspired by these people. And then yeah. that kind of left her open to these yeah. things. Because in know. my opinion, Taylor and Jack have no right having writing credit on Deja Vu. Because then go through all the other girls of that generation and pick out the ways in which they've been inspired by Taylor Swift and take writing credit on all of that. I mean, like, it's just, yeah. that is ridiculous to me. And I felt was to prove a point in a way that would really hurt me if I was Olivia. Like, I, I completely understand that. As an 18-year-old at the time, Especially yeah, as someone who has said, this is my hero. Like, I don't think that was cool. And I'll just say that. The other song, yeah, literally. Right. But Deja Vu, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, my God. Chapel Road does backing vocals on some of these songs. Really? Yeah. Like, I think it's, and like, in the, if you look at the, like, the personnel or whatever, and like, in like, write-ups, it's been like, she's enlisted people, kind of like contemporaries or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like, Chapel Road, like, does a lot of backing stuff on the album, on Guts. Oh, amazing. Isn't that I cool that, like, that. Olivia, Olivia sees it? She's like, you. For here. sure. I mean, first of all, I watched the live performance of Kaleidoscope last night. Chapel Roan uh-huh. released a live performance of Kaleidoscope. She is so the next one. And yeah, I really yeah. feel like everyone needs to, if you haven't already turned your attention, turn your attention. She should be up. Talk about like best new artists. Like that should mm-hmm. be a name in the conversation, especially with 15,000 nominees. Like, this girl, I don't know when exactly her album comes out. Is there a date for it? There's September twenty second. Oh my god, it's coming! Yep. And 
she's major. And also, yeah. if you've seen her show live in the past like six, seven, eight months, because she was touring, like, you know that some of the new music that she's done in the show that's still coming is really, really good. She has an amazing ballad called Coffee that's not out yet. But I mean, every single single that she has released, I've been like, oh my God, not only am I excited, but I remember this from the show. Like every song that never happens. Yes. Every song has full memorability and identity and value in that way where I just know this debut album is going to give, 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 give. Yeah. It's going to give the give. I can't wait. Rise and fall of a Midwest princess. Love. She's so her own thing, I feel. It's like, she's just doing TikToks from her from her room. Yeah. Not that that's like, you know, unique to her and like other pop girlies aren't doing that, but it's like, she. there's something very, she's a real one. There is an extremely old soul there, which yes, is really yes. exciting because she's also young and stupid. But right. this is why I described her when I left the concert as Annie Lennox meets Kesha. Because there is a love spirit in there that is connected yep. to this instrument, which is so Stunning. incredible. But there is there is a real frivolousness, but it's yet it's still really thought out and targeted. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a pop star creation, but it's also self aware and it's fun, but it's mm-hmm. also soulful, and that is really exciting. You and I are kind of opposites in this way where you're a ballad girl and I'm not so, but even on casual, I'm like, ooh, this is such a lovely little mood. You Would you call it casual? Oh, strip it down. It it like is. I mean, I would call it mid-tempo, but like strip it down. That's a beautiful song. And that's the thing is this album, when it comes out, I feel like when you think about the songs that she's released thus far, you're not going to think ballad, but like it's going to give ballads because I'm telling you this. I can't wait. You got to watch the live performance of Kaleidoscope. It's, I love Kaleidoscope. And then this song Coffee that's coming, I remember she sang it in the concert and I was pretty fresh at that point. You were Basically, fresh in the fight. the lyrics were like, I don't want to get coffee with you because it's not just coffee for me. Like it's, it's so much more like there's so many ways I can fall uh. if I even give you a little bit. And so she just plays with this idea I remember afterwards, I like turned around to everyone around me, strangers. I was there with Sudi and Matthew Vaughn, who was my producer for my special, who introduced me to her, a straight man introduced me to her. He was like, you got to check out Chaperone, man. She's fucking sick. He had been to see her a billion times. And I was like turning around to everyone and being like, fuck. And everyone was like, yeah, like this is the the real thing. That's why I compare it to early Gaga is because there was a palpable excitement that was like, Literally on everyone's skin. I mean, people were like, it's a movement, not a moment. You are not the first person that I've talked to who was like, right. I went to her show in, in this city and it was giving early Gaga. And I was like, Matt Rogers, mm-hmm. my sister, said the same thing. Yeah. Anyway. And you know, I don't send you a lot of music no. because I'm like, I assume you've already like heard it or like, it's someone that's like, it's like when I sent you, um, <laughs> who, who was I like? Okay, um, Swings. FK you were like, it's like 15 a- years after FK, I'm like, oh my God, FK Twigs. And you were like, you are the dumbest person in America. <laughs> I yeah, of course, FK Twigs. No, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't send you a lot. I was like, Matt, she's great. And she's, she's, she, she's been around <laughs> since like 2012. Like she's been, <laughs> she's um, been here. I don't know. It just wasn't part of my landscape. 
But no, totally. um, Chapel, I was like, I have to send this to Bowen. I was like, I don't yeah. think he oh, knows. I'm so glad you did. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details wait a minute speaking of other culture that matt was ahead of what sudi and i saw shucked on sunday oh did you have the best time I adored it. Yeah, it was a blast. I just go, this. I want this on Broadway a million times. Give me a hundred of these over like existing IP. You know what I'm saying? Well, was Alex in it? Alex was in it. Oh my God, they were fat. And 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 Sudi made the observation, like if you like put in earplugs or if you like put the whole show on mute, if everybody on mute challenged, but like Alex was still singing, like, it's just so effortless. Okay, so like podcasts are in a visual medium, but the studio was just doing this, like, like, like just opening the mouth, no, like, no effort. It's <laughs> yeah. literally effortless coming from Alex Newell, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh my God. Independently owned was a triumph. That was a 20 second applause. Oh, 
There was a mid-song standing ovation when I was there. Wow. Wow. wow it was wow. a mid-song standing ovation or it was like wild. The energy was crazy. That whole cast though. To say nothing of, of the rest of the music. Like the music was great. Shout out um Shane McAnally. Ray Henson. Yeah, who wrote the music, who's oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. big time country music songwriter and and um, he's not the only one. So I want to make sure I say his partner's name in this because she's also major. Oh, yes. Oh, Brandy Clark. Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally. Shout out who wrote the music. This music was great. The book. Robert Horn. Robert Horn. Just, it was such a blast to watch. It was so dumb and silly and just fun. The direction to Jack O'Brien. Um, oh, Scott Pass. See, designer. That's so cool. I know that guy. But I just, I just thought the whole cast, all the cast, like such precise comedic performance yeah. in a way that, in a way that kind of like, and I don't mean this in the pejorative sense, but it's like in a way that kind of like transcends like Broadway comedy, Broadway humor, quote unquote, mm-hmm. which we love. But this was, this was just pure, like the dad jokes, of course, and you, you laugh at how corny they are, LOL, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But there are like genuine moments of like, oh my God, I haven't laughed this much at a show. And what Sudi was pointing out was you got all the fucking dads in the audience howling along with the moms and the kids and like the TikTok influencers who are like sitting next to you. Like, yeah, it's a big old hit. It's a big hit that like kind of invites everybody to like, just have a good time. And that's so weird that that's so rare these days, mm-hmm. but, um, everyone, Gray Henson, um, Ashley oh, Kelly, yeah. who I met, she was so lovely. Andrew Duran, who's great. John Bellman was the Gordy. He was such a good villain turned like, Oh yeah, redeemed hero or whatever in the end. Like it's just a lovely, lovely time. And I really thought the marketing was very effective because I think like once you know, you know, like when New York saw like these ads go up on the train, we were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and and I think like it kind of makes you go in blind and like have your expectations be like pretty vague or non-existent. And then the way they did this was perfect because I went in being like, "I don't know what I'm about to see," Mm -hmm. and then it starts off. It's it's silly and frivolous and stupid and fun. And then the corn stalks like lift up and die and everyone's screaming on stage. I'm like, this is hilarious. I love it. I'm so happy you guys both enjoyed it so much because it was, I had the best time and I agree. It's a really, it's one of those things where it's like, if your parents are coming to New York, it's a great parent show. It's a great parent show. It it would be a huge hit. And I know that like, I I think when it first came out, I was like, huh? Like just like everyone else. And then it ended up being one of my faves that I'd seen. I also experienced some new culture and I mentioned it at the top, but I did go to see Bottoms. (gasps) This was so fucking good. And if you haven't gone to see it, you gotta. I mean, the way that... Gen Z was really fed by guts and also bottoms lately. Like this, Io and Rachel are such stars in it. Emma Seligman, the director, she can and will do it all. I'm telling mm, you. Mm, like mm. there is there is a style of the way that she shoots the dialogue. She shoots it very directly. Like it's, it's I, I can't even really, it's just all the comedy just sings and it is fucking funny first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Like, of course it's, um, 
it's about their central friendship, but I just loved a movie that just was like, I just fucking laughed the entire time. I it's love it. So much more violent than you think it's going to be. The entire cast, like, and this movie is like Patrick Rogers said it best. He said it was like Dada. It was like completely insane and unhinged, uh-huh. but in a way where every actor was so like uniform in the tone and knew exactly what they had to do. And the two of them are like, big fun characters, but they're also great anchors. The supporting characters are like really crazy. And like, everyone's got their own thing. That's like very well defined, which is a compliment to the script and the direction. Like you don't feel like any characters are thrown away. You know exactly who everyone is. And it really feels like just like almost like a surreal version of a high school comedy that Mm -hmm. we haven't seen because people have been like, oh, you know, that looks like Clueless or Mean Girls or Easy A. No, this is like its own like fucked up world. Yeah. And I thought that that was like a really signature thing on this movie is it it operates actually in like outer space. Right. But in a setting that's like familiar enough to us that like in that way, like references all those movies. Like, for example, the football players are never not in their football uniforms like they're in school like in their football geese the whole time like and i just i can't say enough i mean you gotta see bottoms and it's so like just from what i know and what i've heard it's like so different from shiva baby it's like oh that nuts you know emma is gonna go completely different yeah Yeah. um another dada work dicks the musical and actually i'm having not seen bottoms i don't really know what people mean when they say this but i think a lot of like they're like, oh, these two movies coming out within what, however, you know, a month or two of each other, yeah, um, is like really great Dadaist. Oh yeah, it's a nice moment for cinema where that we might not have again for a long time. Where it's like these ridiculous movies where it, yeah, where dicks dicks people were like missing jokes because they were laughing in Toronto, right. and it was yep. like, oh, but wait, you missed that one. It's like it's these psychotic two-handers that yeah, were made it. like. With you can tell without much of a budget, but they have vision. You know what I mean? Like it has a vision. It has a everyone's really on board with what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. It was inspiring for me watching it. I was psyched. I I just can't say enough. I mean, I I knew I would like it, but I was like blown away. And they're both such stars. I I mean, I know it's really cool. They were last coach guests. First, they were lost. Then they became stars. Well, we wanted to have them on. I know, but we're not allowed to do that right now. But soon, we can literally say on this podcast, and just so people are, you know, jumping to anything, it's like Matt can talk about how much he enjoyed this movie, Mm -hmm. um, having not been in it and or been involved or written it. But we are obviously aware that we cannot have the stars of the film come out come on the podcast, right? So. And I did actually want to loop it back to the beginning of this conversation because I do want to talk about the Drew Barrymore thing. So, like, just to make a distinction, what she is doing, and we love Drew Barrymore. We We love love Drew Barrymore. We've talked about how much we love her on this show. Oh, she's a legend, and but but she is making a big mistake. Like, she what she's doing is wrong, and I'm actually really surprised that she's crossing picket lines. And her arguments don't make any sense. Like the, her post, I'm like, A, this is not a public service you're doing. A talk show, like a, a daytime talk show is not like this mitzvah. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like not this like amazing thing you're doing to like help heal society's wounds at a time like this. Right. So please don't like frame it as that. And secondly, she's like, don't forget I backed out of the you know MTV movie awards right. at the beginning of the strike. It's like, well, yeah, manipulative. So then, well, it's manipulative. And you're also going, well, then it is extremely meaningful and fucked up that you would like kind of say fuck it all after like a few months, you know? Yeah, I think that what it is with Drew is she's bleeding heart. I think her intentions are good. I think she's thinking about her crew and her staff. And I think she's also thinking about the longevity of the show because I think that the show is very meaningful to her. And I think she's looking around and seeing, you know, series get canceled left and right. And I think she's in a really, um, you know, when you're the lead of a daytime talk show like that, there's a lot of pressure. So I understand that it might not be an easy situation for her. But this decision should have been an easy one because you can't go out there and say, you know, we're in compliance, not talking about or promoting struck television shows and films when yours Your is one of show. them. And what we are, what we are showing here without any interim agreement or waiver or like any communication really with people that would advise her not to do this is what she's doing is this is the opposite of, of disruption in the industry because what she's saying is I actually can do my show without my writers. And that is exactly the ideology that we are fighting against because she is not attached to a studio or a system that is complying. She is simply just going back to work despite the fact that her writers aren't working, which is insulting and it is wrong. And it's it's not like she's like new to the business. No, and that makes it even more frustrating because another thing is, if she were concerned, she is certainly in a financial position to take care of her crew and her staff. And I'm not, I'm not saying what anyone should do with their money. I'm not, this is conjecture really, but I mean, Kelly Clarkson is paying her staff. Mm. You know, and I don't mean to compare them and I don't mean to put, I'm just saying there is precedent for taking care of your staff, especially when you are Drew Barrymore. No, you know what I mean? Like you can't compare them. They're, they're two huge daytime talk show hosts and one is not crossing the picket line and the other is. Um, I just know that there comes a certain amount of, you know, it it becomes different when you do this with women. Uh, And I, I don't mean to do that. I'm just saying there is precedent for supporting your staff during this time that does not require that everyone cross a picket line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now, especially now. And it's when these areas for what is acceptable and what is not acceptable should be really well-defined and we should know better for us to deliberately not know better and then try to excuse it publicly feels really off. Yeah. And I feel like the... What, how they're trying to control the narrative is also really strange because they kicked out two audience members who were just wearing pins. This is bad. Wearing pins, like mm-hmm. barely even visible from the monitor, the screen. It's like you can't, the audience at home isn't going to clock it necessarily. So that's one. Two, they, they said they were kicked out because of security concerns. It's like, and then, and then Drew has to put out a statement saying that she was not, or, or someone has to put out a statement from the show saying that she was not aware of this. That's not, it's not relevant. Right. 
it shouldn't have gotten there. And I mean, right. like I said, I had a lovely, wonderful time when I was on that show. I adored everyone that worked there. It just feels like I wish that there was a little bit more consideration given to this decision because it is not the right no. one. And I hate seeing people that otherwise are so beloved and have done the right thing and like so clearly have their heart in the right place make a big decision like this that's wrong because you just know that she's getting like dragged all over and she doesn't not deserve it for this decision. It's just when she's a good person and is not someone who's like, you know, not to name names, but like evil or uh-huh, actually uh-huh. deserving of the vitriol that they're getting like, or fucked up or part of a bad system. It mm-hmm. sucks. I wish this hadn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to say that, like, there's a distinction between, like, what's going on with Drew Barrymore and what's going on with, like, actors in Venice who have waivers and, like, Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson who have a waiver with SAG for A24 to be able to promote this movie. And we will have them on the podcast and we're in compliance. So just try and understand before you react, because now it's getting to the point where it's like, do you actually have a reason to be upset or were you told you should be upset? And so now you are like, it just feels silly. Yeah. I think people are just informed by literally whatever they're informed by. And I know that's what you're saying, but it's like, sometimes there is no like potting soil for it. It just kind of like shoots up like a weed and you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have to, I, I understand. It's like I said at the beginning of the episode, I understand cognitively how these, these waivers are, strange and they're they're confusing and you don't know what to make them and you go well then what makes this strike effective how right. can we be how can we win when this is like causing so much infighting but it that that is an outcome that the studios are invested in for you right. as in someone in the unions who is who is mischaracterizing something like this as scabbing right There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. Have you been bouncing your ass to bongos? Absolutely. Oh my God, we all watched the video between things in Toronto and it was just like, God, this is so pussy tight like a nun. I mean, I just have to say, um, I would go to Met Gala in a row I can body every look and I can body every pose. Poetry. The video is, I love Next it. Level. They look so unbelievable. Like, and also just that last final height to like, Cardi in that like Trixie Mattel by way of Reba McIntyre wig. <laughs> I was so into it. They look amazing. And I'm sorry, but the product placement is like perfect. I don't, I'm not going to eat or drink any of that, but Cardi sells the fuck out of it. She's enjoying whatever the pretzels, chips, I forgot. She's enjoying the Nothing drink. Nothing funnier to me than product placement. I love it. Lean in. The way she's putting these things in her mouth, she is selling it. She's mm-hmm. she is experiencing pleasure unlike any unlike history. Anyone has ever known. Anyone she's has ever known. She's experiencing pleasure unlike anyone, anyone has, has ever, ever known. known. That's actually rule of culture number 31. Cardi, Cardi B is experiencing, experiencing pleasure unlike anyone, anyone has, has ever known. known. Wow. I have to say I it's been on repeat, but like was it you who told me that like the internet was split on it? Yeah. Are there like but what are they, oh, what's their point? <laughs> I think their point is um it's it's it, this is basically the same as WAP. And you go, yeah, and what's the problem so? with that? In WAP, it was clearly like a co like early lockdown video where like they were like not shoot they were like far apart or whatever. They're they're scissoring now. Are you happy? I I mean, I I, I don't understand when something is a grand slam. Let's use a baseball analogy, shall we? If you have one home run and then there's another home run, you just hit two home runs. No one's mad. You, would you are you bored because of the second home run or are you cheering again? Boring people are bored. My sister ate. <laughs> My sister ate. Hey bitch, how many letters in devoured? 8. Girl, what's 4 plus 4? 8. Girl what time is my favorite show on? Eight o'clock. Thank you. Thank you. A-T-E o'clock. Oh, I wanted to say I went to the Jonas Brothers concert. Not for me. And I got a lot of hate <laughs> because I guess we're supposed to be on Sophie Turner's quote-unquote side. Can I just say we don't know these people? <laughs> we don't know these people. Although, were you? so were you at the show where Joe was like, if it's not from these lips, don't believe it. First of all, if he said that, I didn't hear it. And... <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know or care. The rumor that I heard, and not that I know or care either, but the rumor <laughs> that I heard, and someone like quote quote tweeted it in a really funny way, 
But the, the headline is like, um, allegedly Joe had like ring camera footage of Sophie mm-hmm. saying right. things on audio and like caught her saying something or doing something with someone or whatever. Off of the I did hear camera. about the ring camera of it all. So then, so then someone quoted that and went, quoted that tweet and went, she's been stealing Amazon packages all over the city. <laughs> <laughs> all over oh my town. God. Sophie Turner, Amazon, Amazon package thief caught by ring light. I want that scandal so bad. Like, I Game want, of Thrones I want, actress, 27, caught in widespread Amazon theft package scheme. Stealing packages. That's Just like Sof- Sansa's face on a ring light, like... <laughs> a gorgeous face. <laughs> My God, what a star. She looks like she should star. be on the HBO show. She is, girl. I know, Queen. I know, Queen. I will say, I think there were three songs I recognized, one of which was Burning Up For You, Baby. That's a classic. They have such, and I'm just going to say it, stupid little voices. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, jealous. I definitely shook my ass to that. Love Jealous. Did they Love do Cake by, by the, the Ocean? ocean. Yeah. Love that. Um, and then <laughs> I uh, definitely was like, I'm a sucker for you. You had fun. I had fun. First of all, it's called Five Albums, One Tour or something. It is so long. And... They were doing their own little version of eras, and I was just like, girl, we have to differentiate between the eras. That's what keeps the plot moving here. It Honey. feels very the same again and again and again, but they are not my culture. They never were. They never will be. I have respect for what they do, and I honor any Joe Bros fans, but still haven't seen Camp Rock. I know. Well, we talked about this, how that, that was just one micro-generation below us. Correct. And I you think know. it may remain that way. Although, you never know. One of these days, I might pop it on. Yeah, but I'm in a married to medicine wormhole right now. Oh, I need to get I need to get on your level. You have work to do with morning show, so I have work to do with morning show. Um, thoughts on Salt Lake City? Thoughts on Roni? Thoughts on great premiere of Salt Lake? Mary I really Cosby enjoyed. is back. Thank God! Oh, it's, it's back on tonight. I can't wait. Yes, cannot fucking wait. <laughs> um, big night tonight. Eating. <laughs> I thought. Roni actually put me to sleep this week, unfortunately. And what no one knows is that the Atlanta reunion at the last second was really giving. Gabe, was Drew walked off? Is that what happened? She walked off, but walked back in. And then she sang her new song on stage to Ralph. And it was so awkward, uh, and but delicious. And it was, it was something. More awkward than when Nicki Minaj made Candace sing Drive Back. It was more awkward than that. That was awkward. Oh, because shit. Drew sang the entire song. Oh, well, see, she's not a good. She's not a seasoned performer. She knows not. She would know not to do that. I would say her voice is good, but it was just like this man is really going to sit here and like you're going to sing this weird song just to a backing track, and the way she was like looking at him and pointing her finger in his face, I was like, this is this is a lot. <laughs> anyway, the season was terrible. The reunion was great, and that's all I guess I have to say about that. I told you this off pod. I've done a season nine rewatch of Atlanta. Oh, the best season. And just and just just to get the full lead up to who said that? Yeah. Who had been saying that? Yep. Oh, for, you get that and more. Oh, you you get. Do, have you gotten to the reunion yet? Uh, I'm about to get to the reunion, but no, the whole season is excellent. I mean, like Ooh. Phaedra, the, the like the bomb in Phaedra's office, freaking frack, freaking frack, and I mean, yeah, like this show was a vibe, and then you forget that like this Phaedra fucking left after this season never to be seen again until ultimate girl's trip wait 
until I know. you no, see I know. the reunion. By I, the way, the first ever four-part reunion because right. there was just so much going on. Explosive. It was <laughs> crazy. I can't wait. I want you to really let me know when you are doing that so that I can be bye-bye my phone. Yes, girl. When Atlanta's good, it's it's great. When it's bad, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's really bad. It's dreary when it's bad, but when it's yeah. great, it's one of the best. Ugh. <sighs> That's true for a lot of things, really. I'm going to get into it, actually. I have, a, I have a good idea for my I don't think so, honey. I have one that is about something we talked about, and it might shock you and people. But I'm sorry, I'm leading with that before yours. That's so rude of me. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, now everyone is, is on the edge of their seat. This is no, I don't think so, I honey. I, I, this is I don't think so, honey. This is where we take one minute to really go into a polemic, honey, about something in culture that we hate, despise. Mm-hmm. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey, if you're sleeping on Married to Medicine. I said it years ago about Potomac, and I feel we got some people, some readers, some finalists, some publicists, some Katie's to go in that direction. I am saying it now for Married to Medicine. This is one of the best shows on Bravo. Some of these reunions, Andy Cohen, your best work. The real shit happens on Married to Medicine reunions. Dr. Jackie is an icon. Dr. Simone is an icon. Quad Web, I am a super 30 fan seconds. to Miss Quad. You, We all have to be watching Married to Medicine. It returns very soon. And Phaedra Parks, I think, started dating a doctor just so she could get on the show. I don't know if that's a real relationship. It feels convenient to me, but I don't care because we're going to get Phaedra on Married to Medicine in the cast. And remember, all these women are Atlanta women, so they are naturally friends. What I love about this show is the relationships are real. The marriages are really crumbling and being rebuilt. We see real movement at the reunions and in the show. These women are funny and they're professionals. I don't think so, honey, if you're sleeping, I'm married to Med. And that's one minute. I have caught a couple episodes and I remember being intrigued and now you've really sold it to me. You want to know what it is? The stakes are so high. It doesn't feel like a stupid show because the stakes are high because, well, I mean, not only like, um, are they real friendships but like they're really 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 committed to what they mm-hmm. do and passionate about what they do and it was a really fascinating season um i believe it was season 8 when covid was hitting and also you know like the black lives matter protests were happening and it was just like a really really engaged season for them and that that it's it's just like a really 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 fun and good show and um i would say if you're a fan of the housewives stuff and you haven't engaged with married to medicine you're going to get everything you want from a housewives franchise and more with married to medicine love love that i can't wait to watch ooh and now we were teased earlier god you ever look at your phone and you haven't looked at it for a while and you see the amount of stuff and you're like, I know, oh, no. I know, no, I can't, I can't think about it. Oof. Okay. So anyway, that's <laughs> happening to me and I'm overwhelmed. But right now what we're going to do is we're going to turn to Bone Yang and we're going to say, Bone Yang, are you ready to tell your, I don't think so, honey? I, I am. Then that being the case, this is Bone Yang's, I don't think so, honey, his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Saying God damn in a song. I'm sick of it. It, it. Sometimes it feels like a shortcut to like fill in some syllables. Olivia's doing it. Taylor's doing it. They've all done it for too long. And I. it always hits the ear a little wrong. I don't like when someone says God damn. Like the only time I've liked God damn in a song is Beyonce Flawless. Otherwise, I think, now why'd you have to say that? 
I don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. like it. Just, it. it just sounds off, right? What does Olivia say in in the uh, on on guts? Uh, oh, on um, like a goddamn vampire, and I'm the like goddamn vampire. I was seconds. like. It feels like first pass. I was like, you could have found a better two-syllable thing to put in there. I'm just saying, not that I could do her job better than she can or, or Dan Nigro, but I si- I think and I say, we got to cool it with the goddamns in songwriting these I've, days. I'm, it's gotten to be too much, and that's it. And that's one minute. What about this? Like a motherfucking vampire. Motherfuck. Motherfuck, I would lie. <laughs> I don't understand what's so... Are you religious? I'm not religious, but I don't like it when I, I just, it's something, something really doesn't sit well with me when I hear goddamn being used a little, a little gratuitously in, in, in songs. Goddamn offends you. I don't mind when someone says it in conversation or in dialogue or anything, mm-hmm. or when someone speaks it. I just think it's like, yeah, it's a war. It's a goddamn fight of my life. And you start, I'm like, but you didn't have to say goddamn Taylor. You know what I mean? I just think goddamn is like a sh- is like is is just filler. It's just lyrical filler in music. Can I ask you a and, question? And Wh- it's not just Olivia and Taylor, obviously. It's like every obviously it's a an lot of English people. word. It's a lot of people. Um do you accept it in Flawless by Beyonce because it's its own thing? Like, goddamn, goddamn, yes. goddamn. And it's, it doesn't feel like a filler. So you don't yes, like goddamn it's, it's as a moment. filler lyrically. Okay. I must have readers case publicist finalists who get who understand me. And if you don't, that's fine. I'm, I'm it's sure okay. you do. But I, I just, I notice that word a lot. And it's not because I'm religious or anything, but it, it is because I'm just like, we're really, we're really doing this a lot, aren't uh-huh. we? Just, 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 just notice, just notice anytime someone says God damn in a song, I just wait, I just think, hmm. Did it need to be? Did it need to be? And, and, and you got to think with Olivia, like, when she was cursing on sour, I'm like, well, is she just doing this? Cause it's like, she can, and she's Novel. young and it's shocking. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when, what a moment it was when Taylor started cursing in her songs. It was, it's oh, like, yeah. it's this, it's this thing where like, it kind of grates against like the way these people have like recently developed in front of your eyes or something. Yeah. I don't know. Am I making any sense? You're making sense. I just think that, you always want to challenge the girls to. I'm not. Cha- no, I'm. And I'm, this is not an actual. Not even, like, do no, better. I get it, but like, it's one of those things. It's like something that you hear that like irks you. I'm irked. Did you hear? And I think it's in logical when Olivia was like, "I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't get you off." I know. I'm like. Whoop. I said. As a. <laughs> I had to <laughs> say grew on that one. I literally grew it. I was like grew, and I I haven't grew in a long. That's a gorgeous guru. Ooh, it's sounding it's, very clear right now. It's, it's, I'm not even getting it on Zoom because it's like it's like suppressing. You're not it. getting it on Zoom. You didn't get that. I can tell that it sounds beautiful. because oh. you were giving Alex Newell. You were going. You were just giving a perfect tone, but the face was neutral. Oh. Hmm. Wow. Well, anyway, that's what makes me an amazing singer and recording artist because I can use the mic too to tell a story. Goddamn vampire! See, I just—it sounds kind of like lame to me. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but now it does. You don't have because to because I with am me. a gay. I'm in the gay army with you. We're out <laughs> to groom these kids, and we'll be grooming. Get out the way! We got grooming to do. 
we're we're gonna get put on a list when like you know it's it's the, it's Trump's second term or whatever. Jesus oh, Christ! God. They're gonna ship us off, aren't they? So how yeah. are you feeling about the election? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, this has been Las Culturistas. This has been really a great app. I think so. What's it called again? Dushan after Dushum? Dushan after Dushum. <laughs> I can't wait. I think it's really going to make the girlies laugh. Wait. We always try to make you laugh, girls, everyone listening out there. And if we made you laugh today, give us a five-star review and Why send a nice ya? comment. Why don't you? Why ya? don't you? Hey, we end every episode with a song. See, gosh darn is where you lost me there. I don't know. I understand we want to change, but not just anything works. Hmm. Bye, girl. Bye, girl. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms.